Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Our next guest is someone who's joined us for many years in various capacities. We get to introduce him in a little bit of a different way this time. We will ask him about tonight's Villanova-Michigan National Championship game. But to say that he has a lot going on on in his world would be an understatement. He is the brand-new Pitt basketball head coach after serving his alma mater as a player and an assistant coach to Mike Krzyzewski, Jeff Capel III. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. How are you? DG, how's it going, man? I'm doing great. I'm really excited for you. I saw that you or someone on your behalf actually took out a full-page ad this weekend in the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. You kept it short and sweet. I am excited. I am ready to go. Hail to Pitt. And then there was lots of white space on the page and your signature at the bottom. I don't even charge you, Coach. If you elaborated on that message, what would you share with our audience and I'm sure a lot of Pitt Panthers fans who would be listening as well? Well, just that, you know, I'm honored to uh, be the coach here. Um, you know, I feel like this place has everything that's needed to be a very special program. And I think it's uh, been that at times, uh, but it's fallen on hard times. And I'm here to kind of try to change that, not to kind of try to change it, but to change it and to get it going back in, in the direction uh, that Pitt fans are used to, to, to create excitement. Um, and to create a program that's consistently among, amongst the best every year. Jeff Capel, he's only 43 years old, and yet this is his third opportunity as a head coach, successful at Virginia Commonwealth, successful at Oklahoma, and since 2011 back at his alma mater, Duke, working with Coach Mike Krzyzewski. Uh, looking forward, I, or looking backward quickly first, I laughed. One of the fun stories that you shared at some point you were on a Duke basketball bus ride, and you, you sort of surf the web or whatever, and you say to your friend and colleague, John Shire, hey, so are you going to take the pit job, knowing the whole time that it was you talking to the pit administration? I mean, that's just got to be priceless, Coach. Share whatever you can about that. Yeah, it was uh, someone had sent it to me. I had gotten off of social media for a while, off of Twitter, um, I, I just, it was actually the game that I coached there, that coach was sick and couldn't coach. I think we played Wake Forest. And right after that game, I deleted my Twitter and all of that stuff. Wow. So someone had sent me a screenshot, a buddy of mine had sent me a screenshot where it had that about Shire. <laughs> I was just sitting next to him on the bus and I showed it to him. I'm like, so, you know, are you going to pit? <laughs> obviously he's like, no, nah, man, I don't know where that's coming from. I don't know where. You know, and then someone, like, the next day sent me a screenshot that, you know, it was, like, after we lost that Pitt was in town. They were coming to see John Shire, and there was, like, this whole debate of, you know, he's been offered the job. No, he's not, no he hadn't been offered the job. And so it's always funny to me how these rumors come about, man. <laughs> everyone wants to be first. That's like, the, that's, like, the second one. You know, when I was at Oklahoma, it was uh, after my third year, I think, and, and – my wife and I were laying in the bed, and uh, my my daughter, Cameron, was not even two yet. She was just getting ready to turn two, and my wife is eight months pregnant with Sydney. And I'm laying there reading a book, and all of a sudden, my wife's surfing the net, and all of a sudden, I hear her say, like, oh, my gosh. And so I'm thinking of something wrong with the baby right. or something, you know, maybe or whatever. 
And I was like, what's wrong? And she points at the TV, and scrolling across the bottom on ESPN was Jeff Capel set to be named the next head coach at Arizona. Wow. Currently in New Mexico meeting with <laughs> these people. And I'm like laying in bed reading a book to my daughter. So it's just always amazing how these things work. Jeff Capel is joining us from Pittsburgh. He is not in San Antonio, although we will ask him about the Villanova-Michigan game. You can follow Coach on Twitter, at Jeff Capel. We've read mostly bad things about the Pitt basketball job for the last two years. Heck, you had to play against them. But I, I remind people, Jamie Dixon took this program to 11 NCAA tournaments in 13 years, and there's other Ben Howland and even other positive history in this program what can you tell us about where things are this early in the process do you even know which players are staying do you have a sense of your staff at this point what can you share at this this early stage yeah it's not much to be honest with you I mean you're still trying to figure it out let's take the players first I mean I've you know the 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 one thing is that it feels like it's been about a month and I have to keep reminding myself it's only been four days right five days now um and so, you know, trying to be patient, which is hard for me. Um, but with the players, I've had a chance to meet with every one of them now, to sit down with them face-to-face. I talked to them even before I came up here last Wednesday. I had reached out to each of them by phone or text and talked to them in some capacity. And last week I had a chance to meet with them. And so still trying to figure that out. Hopefully I'm able to get some answers soon because that will determine what we do with recruiting for this year. Um, you know, I, I like all these kids. Uh, you know, I think they were in a very tough situation last year. They were a very young team in, in the most difficult conference uh, in the country. And you saw that. But I, I thought they got better as the season went on. And, and if you watched them in the ACC tournament, you know, they, they played Notre Dame very well. And so uh, that's a testament to them. Um, yeah, I have empathy for him also because to go through a season where you're 0-19 and then afterwards there's a coaching change. That's And then I think there were 18 days in between, um, you, you know, of, of, of them making the change and then hiring me. And so it's 18 days of uncertainty where in our profession a lot of things could happen. You know, a lot of conversations, a lot of people talking, a lot of different things. And so – Trying to figure all that out, trying to navigate through that. They, they, they're all really good kids. That's the one thing I'll tell you, you know, in sitting down and talking to each of them. And I think they do really like Pitt um, and things like that. As far as the staff is concerned, you know, I haven't made any decisions yet. That's something I want to be very careful with. When I was a head coach before, that's an area after getting fired and a lot of reflection I didn't think I did a great job of that, especially when I first went to Oklahoma. I didn't understand the difference between mid-major and high-major. I was in a different part of the country. And so it's, it's, it's probably the most important thing that I'm going to do, and I want to try to make sure as much as I can, I, I want to get it right. And so I've, I have some people in mind. I've talked to some people, uh, but I haven't done anything yet. And hopefully this week, you know, I, I, you know I'll make some decisions and get some answers and, and start making some headway that way. 
among the celebratory tweets I've seen for you as the new basketball coach at Pitt, there was a great one from Coach K where he said a lot of wonderful words that wouldn't be new to you but were pretty cool for everybody else to read. I saw former Pitt football star Darrell Revis give a little shout-out to Jeff Capel, and then I saw the Pittsburgh Steelers organization basically welcome you to the Steel City. I have had to correct some Pitt fans, Coach, who said, oh, oh, yeah, he's a Steelers fan now that he has the, the pit job, right? I was like, wait a minute. Dude's been on my show for like two decades. Now, I don't know how he ended up a Steelers fan, and I forget when it started, but I know you've been telling me Steelers stories for a long time. So let's clear the record on that. How did Fayetteville area product Jeff Capel III end up a fan of the NFL's Pittsburgh Steelers who just welcomed you to town? You know, when we were, you know, when I was growing up in Fayetteville, we didn't have the Panthers. I don't remember the exact right. year that the Panthers, uh, that Charlotte got the Panthers or, or the state got the Panthers, but we didn't have an NFL team. And so most of the people that I knew were either Redskins fans or Cowboy fans. And when I was little, I thought my dad was a Steeler fan. I always thought he was a Steeler. So I just loved the Steelers and those old teams of, you know, Bradshaw and Swan and Stallworth and Franco Harris and Mean Joe Green. I love the Mean Joe Green commercial, yeah. the Coke commercial with him throwing his jersey and things like that. It wasn't until I was about 11 or 12 that I realized my dad was a Raider fan. <laughs> but I was so ingrained in the Steelers by then that I just, you know, I, I just, I love them. I've always loved them, loved what the organization represented. Um, you know, love Bill Cower, and I got a chance to meet him because, you know, when I was at Duke, Ryan Kelly dated and ended up marrying his daughter. Yep. So he was around and was always in awe of him. When I was at Oklahoma as the head coach, Ben Roethlisberger's sister played on the women's team there. So I got a chance to meet him. Uh, then got a call from Mike Tomlin the day it was announced. So I've, I've been a Steeler fan since I was since I was little. Jeff Capel joining us on the David Glenn Show, head coach of the Pitt Panthers of the ACC. All of the other examples until now, coach, of a Mike Krzyzewski disciple ending up as a head coach are scattered around the country, right? This is, I mean, Mike Bray, former assistant to Coach K, ended up in the ACC, but as you know, that was kind of a, um, an end-around situation. We didn't know Notre Dame was going to end up in the ACC. What can you share about your conversation with Coach K on multiple levels? Because some people say, well, why would Jeff leave if he was probably going to be the successor to a 71-year-old man and risk that, perhaps, depending on how things go at Pitt? And what allowed you guys to sort of get over that hump where it's like, man, I'm glad Collins is at Northwestern. I'm glad Wojo is at Marquette. That way, it's easier to root for, you know, a Bob Hurley out at Arizona State rather than having Jeff Capel, one of his beloved disciples, you know, in his own league and having to deal with him at least once a year. Yeah, you know, I, I met with Coach Monday, uh, Monday morning, actually a week ago today, um, and I met with him just to kind of tell him what was going on, but more importantly, to get his advice and to get his guidance. And his initial thing was, you should at least talk to him and hear him and hear what they have to say, and it's a job that you should be interested in. Um, and he gave several reasons why he thought. And, you know, I told him, I said, Coach, look, this is who they're sending down. Because I was meeting with Pitt a little bit later that afternoon. This was in the morning. And I told him, because he asked who all was coming. And I told him. And he said, you know, that, that must mean they're serious. Yeah. 
And I said, Coach, I think they are. You know, I, I think they're coming to offer the job. And he said, well, you should look at it very, very seriously um, and, and see. And if it's something that you feel, you know, you have my blessing. Um, not that you need it, but, but I did need it. I wanted it. it. I'm not saying I need but I did want that from him because of the relationship that I have for him, the admiration that I have for him, and then the friendship that we have developed. You know, it's, it's kind of crazy, man. When I, was, I made my decision, I committed to Duke as a 17-year-old. Um, and if you would have told me when I was 17 that I would become a really good friend with the guy that I played for in yeah. college, I would have thought you were nuts. Yeah. But it shows you, you know, the relationship and just how important that is to the man that I played for. And, and we're, you know, everyone that played at Duke under coach, we're also lucky that, you know, even the guys from the 80s, their coach is still there. And so there's that common bond that we have. But he's been very supportive. I've talked to him since. I will still continue to lean on him for guidance, uh, you know, and things like that with us being in the same league. You know, that does make it a little bit strange, but, you know, it is what it is. And for those game or two that we play each other, you know, I know they're going to try to beat the heck out of us, and we're going to try to get to their level, and hopefully, you know, we can be competitive. Uh, but afterwards, we're going to hug, and, and, and I'm going to continue to go to him for guidance. Reading between the lines, it feels like if Mike Krzyzewski felt like an old 71-year-old, you might have viewed the situation differently. Is there anything you can share about just his youthful exuberance? And I know he doesn't have the full USA basketball uh, responsibilities on his plate anymore. He's still a consultant, but no longer the head coach. And I, I guess the part B tongue-in-cheek question is, do you think Duke will be okay, Coach, without uh, the number one recruiter in America? Uh, you know, I, I think Coach, I mean, this year, watching him this year, I mean, he's this is – I was there for seven years, and – this is the healthiest that, that he's ever been and the more energetic than he's ever been. Wow. And, uh, you know, he's, he's great. I mean, he obviously takes care of himself and, and, uh, he's great. And I, I look forward to him, you know, continuing to do it at an incredibly high level, you know, for as long as he wants to. And I think they'll be fine. I mean, John <laughs> Nate will be great. Yeah. They will be great. And I think, they will have more of a voice. I, you know, in some ways, it's. I think it's maybe will energize the program even more. Not that it needed more ener energy, but I think it will do that. And and Carwell is one of the obviously one of the great players to play at Duke. Incredible personality. He was one of the most loved players at Duke, and he'll bring an energy back. He'll bring a different set of eyes and a different set of eyes that have seen and been to other places. And so you have a different, you, you have a different lens a little bit. And I think he can bring some freshness and some creativity. And then it, it doesn't hurt when you have, you know, a great recruiting class coming yeah, right. in and, and uh, <laughs> things like that. So they'll, you know, I, I, I'd love to have one of those, one of, <laughs> have one of the players, uh, you know, coming in, but they'll be fantastic. For, <laughs> for the record, R.J. Barrett, Trey Jones, Cameron Reddish, and Zion Williamson, five-star prospects, all in the McDonald's All-American game, all to various degrees recruited by our guest Jeff Capel. They will remain signees of the Duke Blue Devils and freshmen next year for that group. I am contractually obligated to ask you a Villanova, Michigan question. What is it about the Wildcats that has impressed you during this run, even as one of the favorites, to the national title game and on the cusp of maybe a second NCAA title in three years under Jay Wright. 
And what would be that script, Coach, if Michigan were going to, you know, surprise most people with an upset tonight? What is that Wolverines' path to maybe an unlikely victory? Yeah, you know, I, I think both teams are playing great. I mean, Michigan's obviously, or maybe the hottest team. If you look at what they did at the end of the year in the Big in the Big Ten tournament, and obviously in the NCAA's, um, and then Villanova, I, I felt that once the tournament started, and once we got, I thought Villanova was the best team, and certainly their performance on on Saturday was amazing. I think when you look at both teams, that the one thing that jumps out at you is that they're old. Yeah, and they're both both teams, both programs are all about the program all about the team um and it's it's actually beautiful to watch one of the plays from villanova kansas is actually one of my favorite plays of not just the game of the tournament i can't remember who it was from villanova but he got a deflection and he went to go run and try to save it out of bounds and he dove and immediately without hesitation four guys went sprinting to go help him up yeah and when you see that, that's the sign of, of, of the sum greater than the whole and everyone clearly where it's, it's, uh, it's, it's bigger than one person and being a part of something bigger than yourself. I think both programs embody that. Um, I actually think it's going to be a really, really good game. They're both outstanding offensive teams. Um, and, and, you know, I think Michigan defensively has been really good this year, and obviously Villanova has done that. So I think they're both. Obviously well-coached, really good, and I think it has a chance to be a very, very good, entertaining game tonight. Coach, as we let you go, just one quick thing. Since you lived through both the one-and-done success story at Duke in 2015 where you had the senior Quinn Cook helping those three uh, NBA first-rounders who ended up only staying in Durham for one year, can you remind us of your bottom line there? I mean, you know, John Calipari at Kentucky in 2012 and you all at Duke in 2015, you did win the national title with at least three one-and-dones as part of the process. I mean, some fans will say, see what happens when you recruit too many freshmen, and yet every coach will say, you're out of your mind if you don't try to sign at least some guys that you know will probably be one-and-done guys. What's the bottom line there? It's probably a problem you'd like to have at Pitt as you move forward. Yeah, well, it is, but I think there's a balance. You know, I, I think, look, you, you, you want to try to get the best players you possibly can to fit your style, your program, your system, whatever you have, you want to get those guys, and, and, and hopefully what you're able to do is keep them and develop them. Now, some of them you know are going to be gone in one year, but where I think you get messed up as a program at times or there's a chance, I don't, I don't even know if messed up is the right word, but where it's just where it can become difficult is when you're just only depending on those young guys. I think the thing that people forget about us in 2015, it was a great balance yeah. because you had Quinn Cook as a senior. You had Emil Jefferson and Marshall Plumley as juniors. You had Matt Jones as a sophomore. You know, I mean, you had some older guys in the program that had played. Yeah and had that experience and knew that they were four-year guys and, and, and uh, would do the dirty work and do all those things like that, I think that's what you have to have, guys, you, you know, where you have that balance. Um, look, everyone would want a Bagley or a Wendell Carter or Gary Trent or Duvall, um, but also, you know, people should want a Grayson Allen. 
you know, people should want, uh, you know, like a Quinn Cook when he was a senior or an Emil Jefferson. And, and I think that's what you have to have if you can't, you have to try to have that balance. We were fortunate in 2015 that, you know, we didn't lose a lot of guys to transfers. I think that's where it's kind of gotten, you know, a little bit different. You know, if you think in 2016, or even in 2017, like what would it look like if we would have had Shimmy Ojale as yeah. a senior? Or in 2016, if we would have had Mike Benajay? Because those two guys are obviously really good players, but unfortunately at Duke, you lost them to transfer. And so, you know, I, I, I admire these teams right now. I mean, the Villanova team, I was they have like, I think, five guys they redshirted. Um, right, and, five and, of their you know, top six. It's crazy. Yeah, five of their top six. And so if you look at that, I think Notre Dame has done an outstanding job of doing that, of getting, Bray calls it, getting old and staying old. Uh, but at the same time, you want to get really good players and you want to try to get them, help them fulfill their dream as quickly as they possibly can. And so there's a balance there, I think, that you have to try to keep. Now I'm certain why you're such a good recruiter. Now, if you had tunnel vision when you were recruiting your wife back in the day on the dating scene <laughs> or recruiting one of these five-star guys, I could see how you'd have tunnel vision. Coach Capel has like 72 things on his checklist today. I'm just a guy. I'm just a sports radio dude, right? But I felt like I was the only person on earth for the last 20 minutes, Coach. I really do appreciate that. You know we're rooting for you in, in every way, you and your family and, and you personally. Thanks for all the visits. We will continue to knock on your door, and we look forward to seeing you in your new capacity as an ACC head coach, Jeff Capel III of the Pitt Panthers. Thanks for the time, man, and congratulations. DG, appreciate it as always, man. Right back at you. Jeff Capel on Twitter, at Jeff Capel. He is officially Jeff Capel III, 43 years old, third head coaching opportunity, successful at VCU, catapulted that into the Oklahoma job in Big 12 country, took the Sooners all the way to the Elite Eight before returning to his alma mater. And really, I'm not just throwing it out. A lot of people have described Jeff Capel as the number one recruiter in America for all or much of his time as Mike Krzyzewski's right-hand man over these last six or seven years. It is intriguing, the timing. And this is just reading the tea leaves slash educated speculation. If Jeff Capel III really thought, A, that he's going to be Mike Krzyzewski's successor, and B, Coach K had only a year or two left in him, I would think it would be unlikely that he would accept the pitch job. Now, there are no guarantees that he's the successor, and I think he knows that. John Feinstein, noted author, Duke alum, very connected at that university, he has described Jeff Capel as the virtual shoe-in as the successor to Mike Krzyzewski. I believe it's something short of a true guarantee. So it's a little bit more complicated when you hear, you know, you're going to get the longest, best look when that time comes versus you'll be the guy, period. That's a little different. And if you're only 43 and Coach K says or implies, man, I might have four or five or more years left in me, even at 71 years old, you, you're either going to be a decade plus into your status as a recruiter and assistant, a decade removed from being the head coach, holding the clipboard, running the huddle, calling the timeouts. I'm not sure that's the best formula either if it ends up being that far down the road. We all know this. 
if Jeff Capel rebuilds a bottom of the barrel, at f for now, not historically, but these last two years were train wrecks under Kevin Stallings. 0-18 in the ACC, right? If you rebuild that to something good or even great over the next three or four years, and then Coach K retires, what's one more reason that you're the front runner to be the next head coach at Duke? Alternatively, though, and he, Jeff knows this. He's a big boy. He knows this way better than we do. If somehow, some way, it doesn't work at Pitt, you can damage your candidacy to be the next head coach at your alma mater following one of the greatest of all time, Mike Krzyzewski. Fascinating drama to watch in the coming years. Coach K, a youthful 71. Maybe it is four or five or more years down the road before he turns the page on uh, and moves into his form of retirement.